You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast sponsored by Manscaped for this episode. Worked with them before. Great people at Manscaped. And we have a perfect gift for you this holiday season. The Perfect Package 3.0 by Manscaped. It's another razor by them. Excellent stuff. Work it on your chest, your back, whatever you need to trim up, shape up. Get yourself looking nice. It's the holidays. Got to keep it tight. Got to keep it tight. Got to keep things working. So the Lawnmower 3.0 by Manscaped, designed to reduce cuts, makes for a smooth trim. It's a 7,000 RPM trimmer. Helps you reduce the accidents, the pulling, the tugging. Gives you a great shaving experience. Going to make you feel fresh, clean, like you're ready to take on the day. It's going to be great. Also, the perfect package comes with Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver. It's great. They got everything that you need to make yourself feel fresh and make yourself feel confident. So perfect package 3.0 by Manscaped. Go check it out. Formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, so you know your manhood is in good hands. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code SHY. That's C-H-I at manscaped.com. Gives you the best treatment you could possibly ask for. Treat yourself. It's the holidays. You deserve it. You earned it. It's been a long year. So the once again, that is saving 20% off plus free shipping with the code SHY, C-H-I, at manscaped.com. Treat yourself. It's the holidays. You deserve it. But getting into it, another edition of Bears Nation podcast. Myself, Jake Hassan, just delivered that excellent ad read for you. Joined <laughs> by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano, as always. Preview episode today. It is November 13th, Friday. Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. Uh, And it is spooky because the Bears welcome the Minnesota Vikings to town in Chicago to Soldier Field. And it's spooky because, let me tell you, it's very spooky when you have Delvin Cook, who just had his first 200-yard game, and your home underdogs. Bears are in a free fall. We already talked about that in the recap episode earlier this week. If you haven't seen that, check that out. But... Friday the 13th, unlucky, very spooky stuff. And I'm spooked, boys. I'm spooked. I am not spooked after that ad read. I mean, Jake, you have got me fired up after that phenomenal ad read. I mean, the blood is flowing. I'm ready to go do this episode. And I'm feeling great. I mean, come on. Who who cannot feel great? The Vikings have not beat the Bears under Matt Nagy. Kirk Cousins arguably the worst primetime quarterback of all time. Uh, and worst Monday night football quarterback of all time based off his record. At least for the number of sure. games he's played. I think he's only got three wins on Monday Night Football. Uh, it's just astonishing. He's afraid of Khalil Mack. He's afraid of that Bears defense. They're going to get after him. He does not want to play the Bears. Even when the Vikings look great, the Bears still find a way to just dismantle them. Um, I, I'm i feeling good. Jake, I'm fired up with the ad read. Bears are, you know, have the edge here on Monday night despite being the underdogs in the sports books. Screw Vegas. What do they know? The Bears have the edge in this. I'll say it. Uh, you know, Foles is streaky. Maybe this is the start of the hot streak. I'm feeling good, guys. That's how I'll start. I'm feeling good. Let's go. Um, You know, I, this is another toss-up game for me. 
Um, Because, you know, I I think the Bears from top to bottom are better than the Vikings. Um, But, you know, kind of like what Jake said, I I don't think we've seen Dalvin Cook in this form. Um, He looks like he he looks unstoppable right now. Probably would have to say he's the best running back in the league at the moment. Um, Because, I mean, what he's doing right now is pretty ridiculous. But, um, you know, the Bears have the Vikings number, and I feel like that's, um, you know, that's something that you can't just, you know, look over. Um, so, yeah, I think this is going to be I think this is another toss up. Um, you know, the lines at Minnesota minus two and a half. So, um, you know, it'll be real interesting to see what happens. The thing is, and Chris, you mentioned the Bears have never seen Delvin Cook in this form. The Bears really haven't seen Delvin Cook. We didn't see him a lot last year. This is the first time Fair we're enough. seeing him this year. Yeah. Um, and and I think he was out the entire year two years ago so this is one of the first if not the yeah. first yeah. time that the bears are seeing delvin cook which is scary and the thing the thing that scares me about this matchup kevin i know you're feeling good and you know you're the eternal optimist of this podcast but <laughs> um the thing that scares me about this is that you know the vikings their record is misleading to me because they are hot at the right time they're in the hunt they're hungry for a playoff spot they want to overtake the bears um yes kirk cousins not a very good quarterback. He's exceptionally average. Um, weird story came out that he doesn't cuss on the field. Grow up. Okay, first of all. Um, <laughs> second of all, um, this team is just playing well. I mean, we know the Vikings defense has names, and they're starting to finally come together and play like the unit that we knew they could be. But it's the, the biggest story is Delvin Cook. He had a 200-yard game last week. That's insane. You don't see that. I think that's – I mean, you you see that, what, maybe every other year? Maybe? And it's just, it's scary because the Bears, now you just lost Roy Robertson-Harris for the year, and he's been solid. He's been great in run prevention, especially, and you lost him. So on top of the injuries you already have, now you're piling onto that. And, I mean, who, who's up next behind Robertson-Harris? I mean, there's only so much that Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack can do. Robert Quinn, we haven't seen him all year. And so, I mean, this would be a great time for him to break out, but... I mean, this game just scares me. The, the Vikings aren't a pushover. We thought they would be. We thought they were going to be in the Trevor Lawrence race, which, <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have them have Kirk Cousins for the next three years than Trevor Lawrence, obviously. But, I mean, they're they're pulling it together. They, they're starting to look like a playoff team. Ah, uh, a playoff team? I don't they're, know about uh, that. Look, they're, especially, they're... especially if we get those two extra slots that it looks like is going to happen. Well, one extra slot because it would be eight in each conference, and it's already playing to have seven. But um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not like okay, two good wins, streaky. I don't think, I don't think the Vikings are a very good football team. Yes, Dalvin Cook is scary, but the Bears did see Dalvin Cook last year, week three, and I believe they held him to 30 yards rushing in week three last year. If you guys remember that game, and and it was, you know, Bears were feeling really good after that game. They stopped Dalvin Cook, and he was looking uh, after the first two games last year that he was going to be, you know, again the leading rusher in the league. And that was not the case, and the Bears shut him down. So I just think the Bears have, like you mentioned, they have the Vikings number. They know how to shut him down. 
and I'm and and yes, he's a scary player. He's I would I would say the best running back in the league right now. But against this Bears defense up the middle, uh, I have trust that they can contain him, especially when I know the Bears are going to take away what the Vikings have on the outside. They have Justin Jefferson and Thielen. Um, but again, Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson are going to lock those guys down. Eddie Jackson in the past has has been you know menacing against Kirk Cousins. If they put pressure on Cousins, it's going to be a rough rough night for him. Uh, and like you mentioned, I mean it, the Robert Quinn thing. Is has been a little bit concerning and for a majority of time I had thought is because of the snap volume and it slightly is he's not getting the amount of snaps he should um but you would like to see some more you know dominating play from Robert Quinn and really see that tandem of Mack and Quinn be what we thought it would be um and it's just not exactly there I mean it's still productive and it's efficient but it's not that superstar tandem that we are expecting back in August and June and July um so so we do need to see that come together but other than Dalvin Cook, I mean, yes, that, but so this is the thing. The Bears are going to key in on Dalvin Cook. It's obviously what they're going to talk about all week in practice. How do we stop him? Other than that, I mean, does anything really, I know Justin Jefferson's a good player and Anthony's a fine player. Does anything else really scare you about this team, though? Because you look at their defense, it's comprised of mainly rookies and guys who uh, are kind of old and washed up. And I don't, it's not anything special. And they've been carved up a number of times this year. Um, so this team is, yes, they're, on a two-game winning streak, but other than Dalvin Cook, which I think they can contain, there's nothing here that scares me on Monday night. Like I, I project the Vikings to end around or somewhere around eight and eight, and in my opinion, I think the Bears end around somewhere eight and eight as well. Um, so you know, like I, I just the Vikings have, like you said, I mean Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, um, but you know, I'm not too worried about their offense I I think you guys know what the main worry is but um you know I like I I just I think they have enough talent to where they can make you pay if you're not on your game um and and I think that's kind of the whole theme of of the Bears this year um you know like we the the Bears are going to play you know a couple more bad teams throughout this year but um, you know, if you're not on your game, like it really doesn't matter. And I think that's kind of been the whole thing with the Bears this year. Like, you know, we, we know they have the talent. Um, you know, we know the roster from top to bottom. We know, you know, it's not a we don't have a, a bunch of, you know, not good players running around like that's not the case here. And I think that's part of um, why it's been so frustrating. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not too worried about the Vikings, but, you know, with that being said, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game either. So just kind of like a just complete toss up, in my opinion. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, you can project the Vikings to go eight and eight. But I mean, where are we projecting the Bears right now? You've lost three in a row. You look like crap. Your team is bits and pieces that you're basically guys you are pulling off the street at this point, especially for the offensive line. Yeah, it just it's I mean, the Bears again, and I I floated the idea a couple weeks ago of, you know, lose out. That's not going to happen. That's just not how this team is built. Um, But the Bears, when was the last time the Bears faced a true superstar player like Dalvin Cook? Last week, Derrick Henry. What do you mean? Uh, uh, Uh Yeah. I mean, I, I would put Delvin Cook in a tier above Derek. Oh, I would not put him in a tier above. They're in the same tier at the top. They're in the same yeah, tier at the Delvin top. Delvin Cook brings more to the table than Derrick Henry as far as a complete player profile. 
Derrick Henry can't catch the ball. I, I, I do with I do agree with that, Jake. But I don't know about like I still think Derrick Henry is a superstar player. Um, like like. You know, I, I would th- definitely throw Derrick Henry in there. Um, I, I think Dalvin Cook is the better player, but um, in terms of like, you know, that superstar, you know, having to deal with that, I think the Bears dealt with it pretty well last week. Right. Well, you know what? As your host, I'm real tired of you guys undercutting my points. But <laughs> anyway, my point being that, and, and Kevin, you brought up the point of the Bears. They held the Vikings to under 50 rushing yards last year. This isn't that same Bears team. We've seen that. We we have to stop holding this Bears team to the standard of the team from two years ago and even the team from last year because this team is different. This team does not have the same players. Now you're you're already missing Eddie Goldman. Now you're missing Roy Robertson-Harris. You know, you're missing pieces. I mean, the secondary is different. Haha Clinton-Dix is not Tayshawn Gibson, which, I mean, you can argue however you want. I think Tayshawn Gibson's better fit for the defense, whatever. Yeah. But also, I mean, we talked about it in the recap episode. If the offense isn't scoring, the defense does not play better. Whether that's a subconscious thing or an actual thing or something we're making up in our heads, it's happened. And we've seen it. The proof was last week. We saw that. And we've seen it in previous weeks. So we have to make a new thought in our brains about this team because it's a different team than we've seen in the last two years. And that's what scares me because this team – as they're constructed right now and the way they've been playing, I worry that they're, you know, Nagy, I think he's losing that locker room um, because he can hype up everybody he wants, but the results just haven't been there. Um, So I think people are starting to lose faith. And again, maybe that is me making that up. Maybe I'm just trying to look for something that isn't there, but you know, this team sees, okay, Dalvin cook's coming in. He just had 200 yard game. Okay. The Vikings are hot. We can either stand up, prove who we are, show that we're still playoff team, or, crap, Delvin Cook's coming in, and we're screwed. So, I mean, it just depends. I mean, you hope that, and Kevin, me and you were talking about this last night, you hope that Nick Foles goes into that hot streak. You know, you're in the second half of the season. You hope that he can turn it on and be the quarterback that we saw, uh, what, three years ago? And when he was with the Eagles, mm-hmm. and get on that hot streak and be great and be incredible but we haven't seen it. I'm not going to – I have trouble believing it until I see it in front of my eyeballs. So I'm worried about this team. And, you know, just because we're saying it now, the Bears are probably going to complete 180 and win this game and embarrass the Vikings. And then we're going to be like, okay, crap, we have – well, me mostly. I mean, Kevin's going to be sitting there on a pedestal if this happens. But uh, – and, and, and me and Chris are going to have to walk it back and say, okay, maybe this is a playoff team once again. So I don't know. Moral of the story is this team's weird, and I have no idea where to go with them. I think that's exactly right. I think that's the way everybody feels. I mean, we do all this analysis, and it's all for naught when Sunday and Monday comes around, and then you know we do more analysis, and it all means nothing at the end of the day sometimes. Uh, the question I have for you guys that I kind of want to elaborate on is, like, do you think Matt Nagy can salvage his reputation? Because I believe he can, but I just want to know if you think he could salvage his reputation, and I'm going to go deeper into that. Do you oh, think it's possible at this um, point to salvage it? Well, here's the thing. Um, For me, it's always been about just how bad the offense is, like how little they're producing. Like, I don't care about the the wins that he picks up are never due to Matt Nagy. So I don't care about his record. I don't care about the Bears winning game games. And I know for a lot of people, the answer to your question, Kevin, will be yes. But for me, I mean, I don't. 
unless the offense improves, no. Like, the Bears getting into the playoffs would not change my opinion on Matt Nagy. Um, you know, could he salvage it? Um, you know, like, depends what you mean by that. If you mean, you know, get them into the playoffs, um, then, yeah, he probably could. But in terms of, like, who he is as a coach, um, I, I have to see the offense improve or else no. Yeah, I am in the same boat as Chris. And Chris makes a really good point of that every time you've won, for the most part, it's never been because of Matt Nagy. You never thought, oh, that play that he drew up really sealed the game there, really won you the game there. And I, and I think that that's because coaching is a mostly thankless job. Um, because when you do win, the, I mean, a lot of the coaching goes into that uh, and things you don't see. But, I mean, yes, the answer to your question, yes, he can even though I think most of the fan base is out on him right now, just because of this season and last season. And because he's just constantly preaching this positivity message and it's just not showing up on the field. But, um, you know, he is a culture guy. We saw that in the first year. And I know I just said that you can't be comparing this team to teams of the last two years, but in that sense, you can, because we've seen Nagy do that and create that culture and create a locker room that guys invest in. So, yes, if you win two, three, four games in a row, I think Nagy can absolutely salvage his reputation because, I mean, we were singing his praises when you were three and one. And mm -hmm. so, uh, yes, because you're not that far removed from us giving him props. But as it stands right now, it's in a bad spot. I mean, you're hanging on the precipice right here. So I, I think he can save it under one condition, and it relates to what Chris says. So he, here's how he salvages reputation. Number one, he hands over play calling. We've been saying that for weeks. But this week in the press conference, he actually came out uh, and said he wasn't going to disclose if that was going to happen or not. Um, but it was more of a – to me and to, I think to most reporters and most people, the way they kind of interpreted that was it, it may happen and it probably will happen, but he's not going to tell anybody for the sake of – keeping that secret so the Vikings don't know what to expect or something like that. Um, I will, I just I think will that, say that Adam Hogue was on WGN yes. radio a couple days ago, and he said that he, his gut is telling him that Nagy's going to do it, but he's not going to announce it for the reasons that you just outlined. And I, I mean, exactly. everyone should trust Adam Hogue because he's super plugged in to that team. Yes. Yeah, so if he hands over play calling, shows the selflessness and the willingness to do what it takes to get wins, and – all of a sudden, the offense looks a little bit better. He's allowed to be just the coach that he can be, make all the right decisions, not worry about the play calling, be that player's coach, fire the guys up, you know, start club dub before the game. Screw it. I feel like when this team is confident, they're dominant. I mean, that needs to come from the head coach so the players can feed off that energy. And from the very first minute of the first quarter, they know they're going to kick the ass of the other team. And I haven't felt like they've been that way. Um, since maybe the Buccaneers game, uh, you know, you haven't felt that presence. You just as some type of aura that you feel, even when you're watching the game, you can just kind of feel that aura for whatever reason. And I haven't felt that. And I think that's really, really important. But what I'm trying to say is if, if he hands over the play calling, the offense is good enough and he is winning games as a pure head coach, 
that's how he can salvage his reputation. Because then going forward, if Laser, uh, you know, he's calling the plays and it's still not the best, you can fire Laser, get a better offensive coordinator who knows how to call plays better, and Matt Nagy can maybe build around being just a good head coach, which right now he is not just a good head coach. He He's simply not. I mean, the way he manages his timeouts is not very good. We know that culture thing is there, but it's kind of diminished a little bit this year. But I think that's something that can, you know, be brought back once they start getting back into a winning streak and people will start talking about that more. So I do think he can salvage his reputation if he just shows the selflessness. And I, I know for him, he's probably thinking in his mind, well, you know, that's my final card that I gave away. Like, that's my final, uh, you know, piece. If I give away the play calling, that's it for me. What are people going to think of me? I'm, I'm a failure in the NFL. I think that's the complete opposite way to look at it. I think that's a complete wrong way to look at it because if he then hands over the play calling and the offense is better, but he's allowed to be a head coach, no one's going to be upset about that. I mean, no one's. we would rather see Matt Nagy be selfless and not selfish versus him, you know, just having this ego and keeping the play calling, right? I mean, I mean, I think that's a better situation for him, and I feel like he is probably seeing that as him proving himself to be a failure when I think the whole fan base and everyone else think that's the contrary. You know, it it's funny because I feel like him handing over play calling would be the best thing for him to yes. do right now. Um, exactly. Mainly because, point. like, I'm just looking at it from his perspective. Like, you know, he's gotten a lot of freaking crap from people uh, about his play calling and obviously for a good reason. But um, like he can easily just pass the play calling over to laser right now um, and for the rest of the season and, and be like, hey, man, look, you guys want to fire me because of my play calling? Look, the offense didn't look good under like this is all assuming the offense continues to look how it does. But he can just be like, hey, man, look, I mean, I handed the play calling over and the offense still stinks. Get me better players. You know, like mm-hmm. he can he can kind of hide behind that. Um, Good point. I'm just looking at it from his perspective. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about think about it like that, Kevin, but that is a good point, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get what you guys are saying. Like he can probably salvage it in some ways, um, but it, it's everything. Everything hinges on the offense. Um, pretty much, you know, it's just been the story of the Bears um, since friggin' last year. Like, we, we know what this team can do. I, I think, you know, we've said that so many times, and it's just like it just hinges on one part of the team. Like, everything, every question we ask on this pod technically, you know, hinges on how the offense performs. So, um, yeah, we just got to wait and see. Got to wait okay, and see. Okay, so I have a question for you guys then. Um, okay. In the event, and I do, I do kind of feel like for the reasons Chris said that Nagy to salvage himself – and so he can say, hey, look what I'm working with. And, you know, it wasn't just me. Uh, <laughs> I do think that we will see him turn over the play calling duties, if not this week, the next week. And I think it – I'm with Hogue. I think – I'm with Hogue as if he's on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but I agree with what Adam Hogue said on the radio a couple nights ago that my gut is telling me that Nagy's going to do it because you have a long week. So you have extra time. You've had extra time. Mm-hmm to integrate a new play callers, whatever he wants to do, uh, game plan, let's say it that way. Uh, but who do you think it's going to be? You know, you have an offense coordinator, but you also have a passing game coordinator. So do you yeah. go to the passing game coordinator or do you go to the offensive coordinator? I, I think for, since it is a big picture type of thing, you should go to the offensive coordinator. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, who would you, who would you guys rather have and who do you think it will be laser or, DeFilippo. DeFilippo? DeFilippo. DeFilippo, yeah. DeFilippo. 
Yeah. How many years has DeFilippo been an offensive coordinator in the past? Um, uh, I think he's had. I want to say because I has he. I thought I'm pretty. He's been a before, correct? Uh, yeah. What'd so, you say? What'd you say, Kevin? I, he's been an offensive coordinator in the past, correct? Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. I just I, I mean I figured I, I, I knew that, but I just want to make sure and I, I think it is going to be DiFilippo is what I was kinda of going with that. Just because of his relationship with Nick Foles. Maybe he feels he can call plays to the best of Foles' ability. Um and, and quite frankly, you've seen the statistics of Lazer's offenses when he's called plays. They haven't been very good. Um so if you want to go based off of that, I mean DiFilippo I think is the better choice. Um and that's and and I think for some odd reason, maybe not for some odd reason, Matt Nagy maybe has more trust in DiFilippo just based off their relationship, based off DiFilippo's relationship with um, Nick Foles uh, and the rest of that staff. So I think if he does do it, which we do think he will, it will be John DiFilippo calling the plays. But I don't know how we're going to know. We, we may not yeah. know uh, unless someone drops a bombshell uh, who is going to be the one that's calling plays, at least for this week. Man, I, I wish I brought this up earlier. Because, you know, we've just been talking about, you know, uh, every time we've talked about Matt Nagy handing over play calling, we've just been talking about laser. But I wish I said it. I am all for John DiFilippo, um, you know, taking over uh, play calling. I feel like he's, you know, a little bit more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to use successful necessarily because John DiFilippo has kind of struggled. As an, uh, uh, but he's also struggled himself. So, like, you know what I mean? His, yeah. His most recent stint as a offensive coordinator, was it, who was it with? Jacksonville last year. I think it was with Jacksonville. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that didn't go too well. So, so, so this is DeFilippo's past. Last year he was with Jacksonville when yeah. Gardner Minshew kind of burst onto the scene. Uh, before that, in 2018, he was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings yeah. when Kirk Cousins had his arguably best year. Um, before that, he was in Philly. Obviously, that's why he was hired, because of his relationship with Foles. Um so, sure, there's that. Uh, but the thing is, no love for Dave Ragone? No yeah. For yeah, I don't know about that. Because Dave uh, Lobo is the quarterback's coach. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, so, I mean it, you know, you have Laser, who's the OC, obviously. And then you have Dave Lobo, who we just talked about as the quarterback's coach. But, I mean, Ragone was brought in as the passing game coordinator. So I, I would be opposed to him getting the play-calling duties because it seems like he's in one very specific aspect yeah. um, of, the, of, the game, of the offense. So I don't know how much he works with the offensive line or the running game. But, um, I mean, he was brought in for a specific purpose. I, I guess the word I was looking for for uh, DiFilippo is I guess he's probably the most credentialed. Um, and, and I think that's kind sure. of what it was. He, he's, he's had the, the most success, um, you know, throughout his career. So, um, probably him, but I mean, like you said, Jake, I don't know if there's going to be any way for us to even know that. So, um, but we'll see, like a lot of people have joked that, um, you know, it won't be too hard to tell if, if Matt Nagy handed over the play calling or not. So, um, we'll just have to wait and see on, <laughs> uh, on Monday what happens with that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's weird because you have these options because you did, redid this coaching staff for this reason. And now I think you're right, Chris. I think it'll it'll be like night and day or at least we'll stop seeing freaking screen passes on third and long at the very mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Um. So this is this is also an element that I think 
if they bring in a new play caller and if they don't, regardless what they should be thinking about. I was watching the Colts game last night. I don't know if you guys watched Colts-Titans, uh, and I'm watching Naeem Hines, who the Bears saw early in the year. They played the Colts, but I, I, I was watching this guy you know, go off basically last night. I think he had 115 total yards and two touchdowns, and I thought, man, do the Bears miss Tariq Cohen. Just to have that true receiving back out of the backfield who can burst at any given moment is so valuable to a struggling offense, and Tariq Cohen's out, so what do you do? You do it with Artavis Pierce, Lamar Miller, and Cordero Patterson. You know, checkdowns and option routes and and all these, you know, different types of short yard plays to running backs, they, they do not require good blocking, does not require good quarterback play. So that's exactly what the Bears need to do. Get the ball into the hands of Lamar Miller, Artavis Pierce, or hell, even Ryan Nall, looks like it could be, or Cordero Patterson out of the backfield, not in a screen. But a little option route, give them some room to run. I think that's a really, really important key for the Bears because I feel like they don't do that that often. Um, or if they do, it's just not schemed correctly and the guy's running into a brick wall. But just watching what the Colts did last night and what, what a lot of other teams do, you look at the Browns and what they do with Kareem Hunt and his ability to catch the ball. I mean, you give a running back the ball in, uh, in open space, a guy who can catch the ball. I mean, you know, let your playmakers make plays. I mean, we don't have to sit here and have to give Nick Foles four seconds in the pocket and have to have him make a perfect throw that doesn't have to happen for the Bears offense to be successful whether you believe it or not that's just the case um get the ball I hope I mean I don't know guys I hope Lamar Miller plays if he doesn't it's just absolutely mind-boggling to me I can't figure that situation out but obviously we know Cordero Patterson's ability to catch the ball out of the backfield Artavis Pierce had some success doing it in college uh, I think that's a really really important thing for them to look at this week is you know get some of those running backs some nice you know halfback angle plays some option routes somewhere where you can give these guys a little bit of yak, a little bit of yards after catch. How about that one time for the Bears? Yeah, and I mean, that's that's true. Like, you know, as much as we talk about the offensive line being terrible, like it's just not realistic to expect offensive line to, you know, be able to protect you on every play. Like that's just football. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, on some plays, uh, Nick Foles is going to have to, you know, stand in there and, and just let it rip. Like, you know, he's going to have to take the hit. He's going to, you know, it, it just seems like a whole lot of panicking and, and just like, you know, just a lot of a bunch of nothing happening. So, um, you know, I, I just wanted to ask you guys this. Um, I was also watching that game last night. And like, do you, would you guys say the Colts have better offensive players than the Bears? Overall? Overall. I mean, I don't. I think I have to say yes. I think I have to say yes, yeah, yeah. simply because of their running backs. They have a very good running back group. Well, not. I mean, not even that. I mean, the running backs you would take over the Bears. The offensive line you would obviously take over the Bears. Yeah. I quarterback you would take. Think, yeah, the quarterback you would take. Wide receiver. Receivers. I mean, I, no. I think you'd take Allen Robinson over T. Y. Hilton. Oh I yes. Mean, oh yes. T. Y. Hilton. And, and oh, I, dude, I think T. Y. Hilton is is big cooked, man. And I, I mean, I think you would take. I don't even know who the Colts tight end is, but I think you would take. I mean, Trey Graham's Burton. playing. Oh, you don't know who the Colts. <laughs> yes. So yeah, you take Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet over Trey Burton and whoever else is running out there. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it a push. Uh, I, mean, I, I think. Fair. No. Eh. Mm, mm, I'm gonna call. I it. I don't know, man. It's like basically, if, 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 but where if, it matters, they have the better players. Fair enough. Like my, my whole point is just like. Like they, they, their offense is not too much better than the Bears, and and they kind of seem like, you know, they're scheming guys open. Exactly. What was that? 
And look what they did to the Titans. Exactly, exactly. Oh, thank, thank God you brought that up. Thank you for bringing that up because I almost forgot. I just want to – one thing that's been really bugging me, really bugging me, and I saw it literally right after the game yesterday. It was all over my timeline. People just talking about uh, – just Bears fans tweeting, oh, my God, how did we lose to the uh, to the Titans? Oh, my God. It's like, like this type of arrogance is starting to really bug me. Like who – who are the Bears for us to be saying that? The Titans are better than the Bears. So, I mean, I don't get why people are like, we couldn't even get first downs. Maybe that's why we couldn't beat the Titans. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> I couldn't believe, like, people were, like, people have this weird arrogance about this team. And it's like, dude, have you guys watched this team lately? Like, like that that arrogance comes from absolutely nothing. Like, you, it's just not right. Um, so, yeah, that's just my little rant on on that. Well, I mean, the arrogance is stupid, but the point I think that some of those people are trying to make is the fact that the Bears, you know, are in every game and have the opportunity to win every game and have, you know, two things happen, you know, they do win some of these games. So I think that it's just the point that, you know, they're so close that they should be winning these games uh, given that compatible offense, but that's just not happening. But I just want to kind of, you know, it, it's just kind of telling the way we're kind of talking about this whole, um, you know, Colts uh, offense versus Bears offense thing. And it's just like, again, how how much we value these running backs who are explosive and these receiving backs and why, you know, for the Bears, a team like the Bears, I feel like a run by committee, uh, you know, ideas is, is really the right idea going forward. And Dave Montgomery does not look like he's going to play in this game on Monday. It, it's possible, but he's in the concussion protocol. It's certainly up in the which is why I've been bringing up the names Artavis Pierce and Lamar Mellon. Well, look what happened with Allen Robinson a couple weeks ago. I know. I know. I was literally just thinking about that. For some reason, the Bears medical staff just knows (laughs) how to get rid of a concussion in the snap of a finger. I don't know how that happens, but uh, props to the Bears (laughs) medical staff, I guess. But this is what I'm talking about. I mean, that tandem of Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, um, and what's the last guy? Uh, Wilkins, Jordan Wilkins. I mean, the re- that's the reason all of us even pondered about the fact that we thought that offense would be better. And, you know, what, what's the problem if the Bears use Lamar Miller as their Naeem Hines, they use Dave Montgomery as their Jonathan Taylor, and they use Artavis Pierce as their Jordan Wilkins. Like, that instantly would make this offense a lot more appealing, uh, in my opinion. And I don't know for whatever reason they haven't wanted to, you know, at least explore that. And this might be the week where, you know, I've talked in the past about blessings in disguise, right? And that's truly a very, very important thing to look at. I mean, you can go as far back as Tom Brady. If it weren't for the one injury to their quarterback, Tom Brady would have never got an opportunity uh, back in the 2000, like early 2000s. And, I mean, it happens all the time. All these situations, a guy goes down. Um, for whatever reason, a guy gets benched and then the backup comes in. And it's, oh my God, this guy's actually really damn good. Um, so this might be a blessing in disguise type situation where Lamar Miller comes out, Artavis Pierce comes out, they get opportunities, they start running well, they start pa- catching the pass well. It's like, oh my God, uh, we need to have these guys in the lineup more consistently, getting a consistent number of snaps uh, around the same number as David Montgomery so they can truly have this different run by committee uh, type deal going on. And I think that's really, really a key to the success of this Bears offense because like I mentioned, and we no one has trust in the fact that Nick Foles week in week out is going to be giving you, you know, 300 yard passing performances. And, and quite frankly, I don't, other than Allen Robinson, I don't have trust in our receivers to, you know, be putting up those numbers as well. Um, so it's really going to come down to not only the running back's ability to run the ball, but their ability to catch the ball and be dynamic with the four, three, four of those guys in the backfield uh, in a given game. I mean, I, I really do want to stress the importance of that. Yeah, I, I just really hope we see um, Lamar Miller 
and or Artavis Pierce on Sunday because I look guys all jokes aside like the, you know we're at the point where Ryan Nall might actually get a, a you know a decent amount of carries <laughs> and it's like you know how do you even let your team get to that point and like I, I'm honestly not even not even joking not even trying to be funny it's just like you know Ryan Nall is damn near a fullback like this is not I mean <laughs> I, I I don't know man I you know they signed yep. Lamar Miller and and he just like no one knows what the hell is going on and you know that's it just seems like that's happened so often like Riley Ridley you know that situation just no one knows what the hell is going on um you know Trey Burton uh you know when he when he that Eagles wild card game like you know, from from that point on, like for like a good year, like no one knew exactly what was going on with Trey Burton, I feel. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I, I don't get it. Like Lamar, you brought Lamar Miller in. So just use the guy like it, it just, you know, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't. They're Mike, seem like they're Mike Davising him right now. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. that's exactly that's exactly it. It's like, why? Why did you even bring him in? If you're you, you're not telling me that you were that, com- uh, you know, confident in Ryan Nall, Cordero Patterson and Artavis Pierce, if you felt like you had to bring in Lamar Miller, a guy who hasn't played in uh, two years. Like if you had to, if you felt like you had to bring him in at the time, then that you obviously are not confident in what you had. So just use the guy. Like, I just don't get it. Yeah. If if yeah. you don't see Lamar Miller this week, you're not going to see him at all. But I mean, that's the fact of the yeah. matter. That's yeah. The- I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to think that as well. It makes no yeah. sense. It makes no sense. It, it, it just I mean, it, it makes <sighs> Chris is right because this whole transparency thing is just weird, man. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this week, but that whole situation when Jason Leeser asked Matt Nagy about Cody Whitehair and whether he's been checking in on his symptoms, and Matt Nagy was like, I don't get into that stuff about the symptoms. And, like, there's just no transparency. And it's, it's like, it's very It's also, there's a disconnect. There's a very big, I mean, there's, there is a disconnect. Yeah. And it's very, very concerning, honestly. I mean, you know, I don't know if... Other teams are, you know, week in, week out telling, you know, the reporters and every, all the fans what's going on. But I, I feel like it happens more often or less often with the Bears where, you know, again, for the situation like Lamar Miller and the Trey Burton example is a really good example. Uh, whether it's an injury, whether it's a player on the practice squad, uh, whatever it is, really, it's just, you know, no information. Like, no one knows anything. And, it, and it's really, really quite frustrating. Uh, so you'd I, love I will, to see a little I will bit more. Say that I, think, I think that's a product of losing. You know, if the Bears were winning, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, if the Bears were, you know, had two more wins and two, you know, if they were seven and two, you know, we'd be saying well, that was happening. We'd be saying, oh, Nagy, that guy, so quirky or, you know, oh, he's doing a Belichick, you know. So, I mean, I think it's a product of losing <laughs> at some point. But, uh, you, you know, I, I, you're right, though. I mean, sometimes, you know, even when you lose, you got to stay consistent. And, you know, there is it seems like Nagy flips a switch whether they're winning or losing um and the only consistent thing that he says is oh well we believe in this team okay but like See, elaborate <laughs> yeah like r- real quick like i so here's the thing i honestly am not too bothered about like the whole silence part um it, it's not it's not that it's more so like you know there's that silence plus like nothing is changing and if if like c- kind of with this whole play calling thing I don't give a, I do not care if he tells us who's calling the plays or if he's even, you know, giving the play calling duties up. But it's like those changes have to happen. I don't care about finding out. Just make it happen. 
And it's like same thing with Lamar Miller. Mm-hmm. I don't care what exactly yeah. is going on with Lamar Miller right now as long as he plays moving forward because then it'll be resolved. And that's kind of I, I feel like what Jake said. So, that, you know, that kind of plays into that. But it's just like frustrating. Like you're just wondering, like, what exactly is happening here? Like, exactly. you know, nothing is working and the changes that should be happening are not happening. Why? You get what I'm saying? It, it, that's kind well, of that, like how I'm. Yeah. So, that, uh, that feels it. I mean, that fe- not seeing those guys playing is what feels it, because then you're just yeah, left with yeah. more questions. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. the. I mean, that's exactly what you're getting at. Is you know, week in week out, he's not playing, and you're still not telling me anything. That's like the worst of both worlds. You either tell yeah. me that he's not playing for a reason, or you don't tell me and you have him play. Like those are the yeah. two options here in the situation, and they're doing neither of those. Yeah. So that's what's frustrating. Um, I I, I kind of want to turn um the page here and talk a little bit about. Uh, yards after catch because I kind of brought that up and I think this is really important uh, and it's just weird to me because Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and Darnell Mooney are all in the bottom fourth of the league in yards after catch and I feel like that's a really really big issue. Like I'm watching highlights from last year. I was watching I think uh, you know this is a Twitter account called This Day in Chicago Sports History. They posted uh, the game from the Lions last year where Mr. Biscay had 325 yards, three touchdowns and what I noticed was there was a number of plays in that game where they gave the ball to out there at the 40 yard line, threw the ball to Adam Robinson at the 20 yard line. He runs in for the touchdown plays like that. I mean, guys, how many times have we seen that this year? And I think that's a really, really important thing to look at in this offense is maybe they're just not giving their, op- their wide receivers the opportunity. But when you watch some of these other offenses have sex success and you know, this is just a key to any offense when you give your guys the ball in open space don't you laugh there um it it is really important I feel like we've had a huge lack of that a very huge lack of that on this offense and I think it's really really important you need to give your guys the ball with the opportunity to get some yak some yards after catch let you I mean you have one of the fastest guys on the team in Darnell Mooney he has I think he's like near dead last in the league in yards after catch how how does that happen how in the world does that happen so I, I don't know if Foles just isn't finding those guys, but I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but when I watch some of these other teams and I'm watching other games on Sunday and I get jealous of their offenses, what I'm noticing more than anything is their ability to give the guys ball with space, give their guys the ball with space, have the guys run a little bit, get a little bit of yak. And I think that's really important. So I just want to know if you guys have been noticing that or if that's just me and my addiction to yards after catch, because I am addicted to yards after catch. I love it. No, Kevin, you remember, um, I tweeted this, was it after, I think it was at halftime of the Giants game, um, but I was just like, you know, it's crazy, because it seems like, like, why are we struggling to scheme guys open, like, if any time a Bears player catches the ball, like, they get tackled instantly, like, it's just, like, there is something with the play designs, and, and I really feel like that's a big part of all of this. Like, I just don't feel like the play design is where it should be. Um, because, like, just look look at every time a Bears player catches a ball. Just watch. Watch what happens. And and this is basically exactly what, what Kevin is saying. Like, you know, they get tackled instantly. There's no room to run. And it's like the offense seems either too simple or just too vanilla or, uh, I mean, like, what else could it really be? Like, that's right. my well, thing. Well, I, I think there's the answer to your question is that, you know, the way that this offense is schemed, guys are getting the ball in these tight windows and they get tackled immediately. You're not having guys go down the field. And when they do, they're not, the passes aren't hitting them in the hands. They're not even getting a chance. So, uh, yeah, I mean, or, or it's a wild comeback and the guys are getting these passes in the end zone and they have nowhere to go anyway, because they're already getting touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, 
Makes no sense. It makes no it sense. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. No and I feel like, I feel like a, a lot of um, a lot of the frustration that Bears fans have had um, these last couple of weeks has been because just we're just confused. Like no one really knows why stuff is happening. Um, and quite frankly, no one really knows what the hell is happening. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, all you can do right now is literally just hope for the best. Like, I really, I, I really don't think you can do much more like no amount of analysis or, or, you know, anything else is gonna, is gonna change this. Like you just gotta hope and pray that the play calling gets better and you know, the plays get better. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, All runners? And, and, and well, that just to wrap that up, I mean, I think that's what you're going to see. If the play calling gets turned over, hopefully that's the change you see. But I digress. Uh, let's get to overs and unders. Uh, so I'll start with uh, mine. And it is <laughs> um, number of screen passes that we see. And this will be <laughs> indicative of if there was some play calling change or not. Uh, number of screen passes over or under 1.5. Over. Oh, it's got to be over. Are you kidding me? Well, here's way the over, thing. I over. hope it's under. Like, but I, I don't hate halfback screens. I don't hate a halfback slip screen. I mean, one of my favorite plays on Madden, I'm sure everyone's favorite play on Madden, <laughs> one of them is the halfback slip screen. It's the wide receiver screens that are really screwing the Bears up. I mean, those just have no opportunity at all. And part of that has to do with wide receiver blocking. And I think the wide receiver blocking is terrible on those plays. But... I want to see negative wide receiver screens. If you give me over 1.5 halfback screens uh, with a little bit of room to run, I'm cool with that. Enough with the wide receiver screens on third and 25. It just it's, it just makes absolutely no sense. I think regardless of who the play color is, though, I think that number is going to be over. I think for uh, most teams, regardless, yeah. that number usually is over 1.5. I might be wrong, but I'll probably go over. Yeah, I'll definitely take the over as well. Um, I, I just think this is how this offense is run. This is how it's set up. Um, you know, their their the screenplay is incorporated um, no matter what. Uh, so yeah, I'll go over on that as well. Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Um, that ah, crazy, right? So here's my over under. Thirty. Maybe that's too high. Twenty rushing yards <laughs> from Artavis Pierce. Oh my God. No, not for the team. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, but I mean, that would work either both ways. That works, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go under on this. Um, I just <laughs> our offensive line is literally just torn apart. Uh, You're gonna see, you know, bro. Our Tavis Pierce, see. I I think has a lot of talent, but uh, you know it. It's one of those things. I just, I'm not even sure he'll get the opportunity. I think that's kind of playing into it too. Like I, I'm not sure how much of an opportunity he even gets. Yeah, I'm gonna go under as well for that reason exactly. Folks, buckle up, dial in for a hefty dose of Ryan Nall and Cordell Patterson. You're gonna see so much Ryan Nall and Cordell Patterson will make your head spin. That well, Dude, that actually I'm plays crying. perfectly into my over under. Um, oh, so. God. All right, over under 3.5 carries for Ryan Nall in this game. Over, uh, over. Um, over. I so would here's, say, <laughs> I, I would say, double it, triple it. What? Triple it? I disagree. What? I disagree. 
I look. Here's what's gonna happen. Here's exactly. I'm going under. I'm going major under. I think he gets one carry. He gets one carry. Runs for two yards. They say, "Screw you, Ryan. Ryan, all great guy, great kid. Love him as a player. Screw him. Bring, bring in Artavis. After one play, they say, "You know what? This isn't working." They bring in Artavis Pierce. You know what Artavis Pierce does first play? Boom, 80-yard touchdown. That's the end of Ryan. Now Artavis Pierce comes in and he gets the rest of the carries along with Cordero Patterson for the rest of the night. That is what I'm saying. Under. It's the end of the Ryan Nall experiment, if you want to call it that. a big play ever impacted Matt Nagy's decision-making? Can I point you to one <coughs> – excuse me. Can uh, I point you to one Cole Komet? Yeah, okay, sure. That's, that's a really good point. Um, well, you didn't have to do me like that. I was getting all excited here, and now I'm just not <laughs> feeling excited anymore. This guy Kevin um, but, said. This guy Kevin said, uh, "Man, I love Ryan Nall as a player. You know, love the guy. Screw him, though." <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, that was a little bit harsh. But here, look, guys, I'm addicted to yards after catch, and I'm addicted to explosiveness. I'm not gonna lie. That's the way it is. That's the reason why I'm not so high on Dave Montgomery. I'm addicted to explosive Ke- players. Kevin, I, I have bad news for you. There's no yards you after have- catch on a run. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. I, that's, that's why I put those things in two separate. Yes, I'm addicted to yards after catch for wide receivers, and I'm addicted to explosiveness from running backs. Artavis Pierce is explosive. Guys, I'm the only one here on this podcast who has seen Artavis Pierce play live against one of the better defenses in college football and absolutely carve them up. Okay, I know what this guy has. He's explosive. He's ready to go. Artavis Pierce breakout game Monday Night Football. Let's get it. Give me all. Yeah, it's just it's this is all. It's just like, why is he not getting the opportunity? Like, you literally have Ryan Nall. If David Montgomery doesn't play, you have Ryan Nall and Cordero Patterson as your two running backs. Like, if Lamar Miller and Artavis Pierce are not gonna are not gonna play in this game, like Jake said earlier, I don't know when the hell you'll see these guys play because it's like, you know, I mean, once David Montgomery comes back, they're just gonna run Montgomery, Cordero, and then maybe a little sprinkle of. Ryan freaking all. So Woo! let me ask you guys this question. Would you rather have the tandem of two, Cardale Patterson and Dave Montgomery, or three, Lamar Miller, Tavis Pierce, and Tariq Cohen? Just kind of think about that oh. and tell me which you would rather have. Oh, that, that one. second one. Second one, second whatever. One. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Easily. I mean, that's exactly Easily. what I'm saying, guys. I mean, that, like, that's exactly what I'm saying. So that just kind of, you know, I'll rest my case there. Um, but. I just don't I'm, – I'm really afraid of the conversation we're going to have on Tuesday. The Bears lose, running game sucks, and we're sitting here saying, why the hell didn't Arden Tavis Pierce and Lamar Miller get a carry? That's just – I think that's the one thing I think most Bears fans are afraid of. We, um, we might be saying – we might be saying why ah, – why does this keep happening? What the hell happened to Jake? He turned into a freaking demon really we got a little bit of, <laughs> We got a little bit of fun there. Um, no, we might – I mean, we might be saying, why wasn't Lamar Miller active? So yeah, like that yeah. might be the conversation. No, honestly, like oh, yes. I, I was, you know, I was checking for it all day yesterday, like just waiting to see if, if he's even active. And, you know, it, it's still up in the air. Like he might not even, you know. So I, I don't know, man. I, I uh, do you guys think Riley Ridley's going to uh, play again or, you know, yeah. get involved yeah. at least a little you, bit? You have you, you don't have 100%. the luxury of having anyone yeah. else to fill in that role. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. When, All right. What's next? Bold, shall we do our bold predictions? Yeah, Let's I got a good one. Let's do All it. right. Uh, bold prediction. I, I'm going to do my bold prediction, and uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Oh You're going to see Mitch Trubisky. 
Oh, 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 oh my God! He did it! He did it! Let's go! Wait, okay, okay. Wait, we got. You can't just say that and stop. You gotta. I'm letting. I'm letting you guys process right now. I'm waiting for Kevin to sit down because he's doing backflips right now. I'm doing backflips unlimited. I what? Oh my god! Okay, okay. <laughs> Bro, you just got me juiced. Let's get it, boy. Mitchie um, boy is. Yeah. So this, my bold prediction is that we will see Mitch Trubisky, uh, and I do, and I don't think it's going to be a Taysom Hill package. I don't think it's going to be for a uh, spot play here. I think, I think by the second half, Mitch is in, and I think he's starting. Uh, I think it. You know, in er, a couple weeks ago, I was very against going back to Mitch because I think you lose the locker room, so on and so forth. Um, I don't think that matters anymore. I think it's whatever it takes to win, whatever can stop the bleeding. And, uh, after having time to think about our recap episode and the conversation we had following the Titans game, uh, I'm tired of seeing Nick Foles on his back. I'm tired of seeing Nick Foles try to force these throws and, you know, and I still think part of it is the play calling, but I think you can get more creative with Mitch. I know, you know, I th- I still think Foles reads the defense better, and I still think he's better under pressure. But you got to take the upside at this point. You got to you got to try and win. Uh, I-, I think you see Mitch, and I think he's the guy going forward. I- I'm yeah. smiling from ear to ear right now. I mean, I, I-, I-, I love it. I love I- it. I just I just want to say one thing. Um, you know, I don't like a lot of people have been talking about like. Oh, like, what does that say, um, you know, about the team if they just keep if they keep, you know, flip flopping quarterbacks, this and that? It's like we are the, the offense is literally at rock bottom. Like, do people not understand that? Like, it can't get worse. So switching it up and, and, and you know, continuing to switch it up until something works is the route they're going to have to go. That's what they're going to have to do. This is what they're working with. And that's just how they're going to find the best you know guy for the. For the job, that's how they're going to find the best guy to produce for them. Like, it's not it, – I don't view it like that because it's like – it's not like these receivers have, have this great connection with Foles or the offense is moving great. And it's just like – you guys get what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I, I wouldn't mind going back to Mitch for that for for that reason. Like, I, I think they have to switch it up until they get it right type thing. Yes, I mean, that's the case. I mean, if I'm being honest, I think this week, this I'm telling you, this Twitter account, this day in Chicago sports history, I mean, I'm seeing all these videos of Nick Foles or of Mitch Trubisky, you know, putting up all these numbers in the years past, making all these plays and and just I was just like, man, like, how refreshing would that be now as happy as I am that Jake has turned back uh, to the right side here and he's all aboard the Mitch train and it's going 300 miles per hour uh, into Soldier Field on Monday. Um, I am unsure if he's going to play. So I hate to rant on the parade, but I am a That's little true. bit concerned on whether he's going to play I, because of that yeah, shoulder. Let, let me put a disclaimer. If healthy. If, if healthy. healthy. Okay, perfect. Fair. If healthy. And and I, you know, it, it, I think every Bears fan thinks the same way. I really do. Whether you hate Mitch Trubisky or not, I really think every Bears fan thinks the same way. And it's what I've said in the past two episodes, too, is it's all about the energy for me. And I tweeted this, this week. Um, not not only is it about, you know, what Jake had brought up about the playmaking ability and the other things that he brings to the table. It, it is, to me, a little bit about 
the energy and just what you have there with Mitch versus Foles. And I really, again, fun equals wins. Uh, what my bold prediction is, and so go in my bold predictions, I actually think we see a, a trick play this week. I think we see something fun, like a Santa sleigh, uh, like we saw against the Rams in 2018, something like that. I think we see something fun. It jolts the team. Uh, it gets them excited. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I just have that vibe this week, and I really think that's important. As much as we talk about this, you know, quarterback and defense and offense and running game and all this, I truly do think the one thing, uh, and maybe almost the most important thing, almost most important than those things, is the energy of this team. And I don't know if I, I feel like I'm the only one who thinks that. I don't know if you guys agree with me on that, but I really do think confidence, energy, and fun dictates the success of this team because you look at their wins and their losses in the past, and, and the years under Matt Nagy. You look at their wins and their losses, and there is a noticeable difference in the energy and the confidence in the team when they are winning games and the confidence in the team when they are losing games. And that's when you start to see those slides happen, those three-game slides, because the confidence week after week starts to diminish. When you go on winning streaks, what happens? Confidence increases week after week, and you get to a point where you're unstoppable. Um, and if the Bears get to that point, they can very well be unstoppable. So I, I, I energy, fun confidence i think mitch can bring those things to the table at times more than nick Foles can that's a, a lot of the reason for me but i don't know what you guys take is real quick there on that energy standpoint that i consistently am, t- am bringing up yeah i mean um I, I think that's realistic i think any type of um you know change like that is going to either you know make or break a team i guess in a way um but you know where the bears are at right now like i feel like it can't break it any further than it's broken so you may as well try to make it if you guys get what i'm trying to say like that's that's kind of mm-hmm. how i'm how i'm viewing this situation at the moment yeah it's yeah make or break I and mean, that's the and that's that's the reason i think you go to mitch if he's healthy because and like i said in my original point i mean you got to take you got to take the ceiling you got to win you, you got to take the best chance to win um if it makes anyone feel better too the eagles were five and four when they won the super bowl so Mm-hmm. Well, not wow, the optimistic but, Jake is back. He's back. Where did this come from, Jake? All of a sudden, I feel like you're in great spirits. Uh, you're feeling optimistic. Good about Jake said that in the most flat tone possible. <laughs> okay, but the fact that you even said it, the fact that you even said it, I said uh, if I, it makes anybody feel better, it, it, it really make me feel me better. Better. But, but Here, you do, you do have a lot of uh, carryovers from that Eagles team as far as the coaching goes. So no shit. I mean, you obviously yep. do. And listen to this. I mean, this is a really weird step, but I think it's interesting. The Vikings, after a loss since 2018, they did not lose last week. They uh, they beat the Detroit Lions. But after a loss since 2019, are 14-3, by for the best mark in the NFL, okay? The Vikings are very good after a loss. After a win, they are 7-13-1, second worst Ooh. in the NFL over that span. And they just came off of a win against the Lions. This team has struggled mounting wins. They're going into Chicago, cold, bare-weather football. Monday night, Kirk Cousins is terrible. I mean, I, I really, truly do believe, guys, when I have said that I think the Bears have the edge, when you look at these trends and you look at these stats and you take all things considered, I think the Bears do have the edge here. So that leads right into my prediction. We'll cap it off here. I got Bears win in 2013. Give me all of it. Um, I'm going to go uh, – well, before that, let me give my, my uh, bold prediction because I forgot to do that. Um, <laughs> got carried away with mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um Okay, so I don't know if you guys remember this. This has been in my mind since it happened and I promised myself that I wouldn't forget it. So, um there was a there is a cornerback on the Vikings. I'm unless he's injured, he should be playing. Uh Chris Boyd out of Texas. 
Um, last year, in the last game of the season, it was Bears-Vikings. Um, and he was matched up against Allen Robinson because the Vikings had benched, I'm pretty sure, their whole team. Um, but if not their whole team, I know for sure a lot of their defensive players. So um, Chris Boyd was on Allen Robinson, um, and they were trash talking. Like, I, I don't know if it was frustration from Allen Robinson's end, but the season for us was already over. Um, and they, I mean, they had nothing to play for really either because they were just resting for the playoffs. But, um, you know, they were going back and forth, back and forth. And um, I believe the Vikings won that game, correct? Last game of the year last year? I don't think so. I think the yeah. Bears won. I'm pretty sure the Bears won. I'm not. Um, yeah, I. I I'm they won because I that. believe the Vikings rested their starters. Was that? Okay. Yeah, I think I think okay. Kevin's right. Okay. Well, what? Either way, um, whether they won or lost, this guy Chris Boyd, um, after a lot of chirping back and forth with Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. posted a picture on Instagram of him doing like the incomplete mm-hmm. um, like motion, and Allen Robinson was on the ground, and I forgot what his caption was. I can't remember, um, but it was something like pretty pretty damn disrespectful. And um, that thought has not left my head. And this is the first meeting since then. So I'm going with an <laughs> Allen Robinson breakout game. I know that's not super bold because um, it's Allen Robinson. But with the way this offense is looking, I feel like, you know, that in a way, any player breaking out is kind of bold in a way. So um, I'll go um, Allen Robinson with a breakout game. Um, let me just put some numbers to it real quick. I'll go 100 plus yards and at least one touchdown. Okay. At man. least. I'll take that. This is real quick. You know what I was thinking about, too? I just feel like Allen Robinson hasn't been getting red zone opportunities. Is that just me? Or has he just not been getting the Correct. ball in the red zone? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, guys, yeah. it's it's not that hard. Throw the ball to your best player in the red zone. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's really that simple. I mean, the guys. Well, I, think, I think teams are dialed in on him in the red zone, especially when you're close. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay, so if teams are dialed in on him, then take advantage of that Jimmy Graham one-on-one. I don't know. Just throwing ideas. What do you mean? That's what we've seen. That's, that's well, now we, we haven't seen that in the that's past. That's why our little wager with our week. with our old pal Adam Abdallah is about to pay yeah. out for us. No, it did pay out. I forgot. <laughs> it, it did pay out. It paid out. Yeah, it, worked. it, it did. Got, it did. Yeah, the, the Jimmy Graham. Now, I, and I didn't flaunt it on Twitter. I didn't gloat about it. So I guess I'll take the time here to gloat about it and say, Adam, I mean, that was just the most ridiculous. You were completely wrong. Bears Nation podcast was right. Jimmy Graham Five touchdowns. Let's get it. Love you, Adam. But uh, we're, we're taking the crown on this one. To be fair, before the season, we were saying best case scenario, Jimmy Graham gets five. So uh, I mean, we weren't okay. really expecting. We well, weren't not, re- Jay, not Chris. To be fair, Chris was all on this whole hype. Sure. Jimmy Graham. But we we weren't really expecting by week sure. nine sure. for Jimmy Graham to be uh, over five. Uh, uh, I just can't – I'm not going to gloat too much because I didn't have any type of analysis for it. I just felt like he would be a good fit, and I said gut feeling. So I'm not going to sit here and act like – you know what I mean? I hit it right on the nail. But I felt like five touchdowns was, was definitely doable. Like I feel like they brought him in for that reason. So I felt like that was very possible from the beginning. We'll take it. Yeah. So game predictions? Let's do our game predictions. Let's wrap it up. Uh, Kevin already gave his. Kevin, if you want to say that again. Yeah, say it one more time. I forgot what you said. Bears 2013. 2013. All right, Kevin, uh, uh, Jake? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, you know, I, I got to stick with my bold prediction, and I'm going to keep riding this, uh, this, this for some reason, wave of optimism that I found this morning. Uh, I'm going to go Bears 24-13. <laughs> and... 
I've been on the. I, I've been thinking about. I've been thinking for two days what the hell I'm gonna predict for this game prediction on this on this episode, and I, I'm like right in the middle, man. I'm right in the middle. Man, I don't wanna. If I pick the Vikings, if I pick the Vikings and the Bears win, and I'm the only one that picked the Vikings, I will feel like absolute crap. Uh, well, nobody can blame you. I mean, for the way this team's been playing. You know what, man? Just give me the freaking Bears. Screw it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, take the Bears, I'll take the Bears uh, 20 to 10. Um, yeah, I, I just think there's something about the Vikings that the Bears just feast on. Um, and, and they just have their numbers. So, But I will say, I will say, because we're saying all this about um, the Bears having their number and whatnot, if they do lose this game, I will be pretty damn devastated. Because uh, if we if we don't win this game, oof. Agreed. Same. Agreed. Oof. So. All right. Well, we're all taking the Bears. We're all back on the Bears. Uh, Kevin is not alone this week. And I think it's for, I mean, the Vikings, yeah, the Bears have the Vikings number the last few years. So let's roll with it. Let's make it happen. All in. Bears are, Bears on the comeback trail. Um, You know, screw it. Why not? Optimism's (laughs) cool, I guess. Um, But anyway, that'll do it for us. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast. Remember, Manscaped, Lawnmower 3.0, holiday package. They got everything you need. So get yourself all trimmed up, looking fresh for the holidays. Code SHY, C-H-I, for 20% off and free shipping. Help us pay some bills around here, will you? Kevin, Chris, always a pleasure. Uh, Bears, let's do it. So thank you to the listeners, of course, as always, as well. We will talk to you following the Bears' Monday night tilt against the Vikings. Hopefully should be talking about a win. But thank you for listening, as always, and bear down. Bear down. Bear down.